Our Sunday School story this week is The Ten Lepers from Luke 17, verses 11 to 19. The accounts of leprosy in Scripture are full of deep theological significance. The Old Testament laws concerning leprosy, for example, were a vivid portrayal of the divide between sinful man and God. The leprosy that affected the skin was an out, outward symbol that God used uh, to teach the people about the inner sin. The story of Naaman in the Old Testament is a beautiful picture of baptism and the power that God works through the waters of baptism. In Jesus's first account encounter, sorry, with a leper, he actually touches the leper. That was a thing unheard of, not only in Israel, but in, in all ancient societies. You don't touch lepers, you might catch the disease. You stay away from them, and yet Jesus shows his grace and his mercy by, by touching a leper. But in Israel, it was even worse, because not only might you catch the disease, but you were then ceremonially unclean. Lepers were unclean, and those who touched them were ceremonially unclean. And yet Jesus touches the leper anyway, but of course, Jesus cannot be made unclean. He is the Lord of the Sabbath, just as he is master over the Mosaic laws about the Sabbath. So he is also master over the Mosaic laws about uncleanness and leprosy. And rather than him being made unclean, his touching the leper makes them clean. He is not made unclean. He makes others clean. In the account before us today, of course, Jesus, we have one of the lepers, instead of going to the temple, returns to Jesus. And in so doing, he declares Jesus to be the temple, the place in which God comes to man and cleanses him from his sin. And so the law and the gospel here are very poignant that leprosy is like sin, it makes us unclean, and it's something that we cannot heal, cleanse, or wash ourselves. But Jesus, the Messiah, has come to cleanse us from our sin and to cleanse these lepers from their uncleanness, just as he cleanses us. Leprosy was especially important to Luke. You notice we're in the Gospel of Luke here. And Luke was, after all, a doctor. As a doctor, Luke was amazed by Jesus' power to heal. But even more so, Luke clearly understood the deeper theological implications and hints at them in the account. Luke talks not about Jesus healing leprosy. Other places and other diseases, Luke uses the word for healing. But when Luke talks about leprosy, he always uses the term cleansing. Jesus doesn't heal lepers, he cleanses them. And by using this word, Luke points us to that deeper theological implication that Jesus has come to take away our status as unclean and to remove our sin just as he does for these lepers. We can consider the account today in light of Paul's words to the Ephesians in Ephesians 2, 12 to 13, and you could even put this passage on the board as you're teaching and direct the kids to find the similarities between this passage and our account today. Ephesians 12, sorry, Ephesians 2, 12 to 13 says this, that at that time you were without Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Notice how 
perfectly that summarizes exactly what happens in our account, except for Paul there is talking about us and our sin instead of uh, lepers. Uh, the lepers were outside. They were alienated from the fellowship of Israel, just as Paul talked about us being alienated uh, from the people of God. They were outside of society. They were cast out and the rabbi, the rabbinical laws of the time said that the lepers had to stay 50 yards away from a healthy person. God's word didn't actually direct how far they had to stay away from other people. God's word uh, back in the Old Testament only directed that those who were lepers remove themselves from society and live alone. But he didn't actually specify a, a distance, but the rabbis at Jesus' time said, well, you got to stay at, le at least 50 yards. So they were alienated. They were outside the fellowship of, of God's people. Uh, they had no hope. Leprosy was not something that there was any hope of curing. Uh, when they got leprosy, this was probably their lot for life. They were out outside the, the fellowship for good, having to, to live alone. Uh, Paul talks about us being... Now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far off, and notice how the lepers in our account were standing far off. They 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 yell at Christ or they shout to Christ from far away, uh, and so we are separated from Christ, separated from God, far off. But in Christ Jesus, we were brought near, and so this is what Jesus does for these people. He brings them near, bring he approaches them and brings them back into fellowship uh, by His power to heal. A little bit of a side note, but I recently read a book by Abraham Verhesse, uh, The Covenant of Water. It's a good book if you're looking for a, a new book to read. And uh, he gets into some of this, some of the status and stigma of leprosy. Now, he writes about India in the, I think it's the 20th century, maybe the 19th century. Uh, so he, he writes about India, not in the too far distant past, but you see some of the, the stigma and the the difficulties that lepers ha have to face in that book and it's a good book to read anyway the covenant of water by abraham virgesi virgesi anyway <clears throat> back to our account uh luke 17 verse 11 now it happened as he went to jerusalem that he passed through the midst of samaria and galilee Notice that verse 11 says that he was on his way to Jerusalem. This is his journey to Jerusalem. This is shortly before he goes to Jerusalem to die for our sins. So he's on his way to Jerusalem to die when this account happens. Now, we go to the Gospel of John, of course, and a week before Jesus' death, John relates to us the story of Lazarus and, and Jesus calling him forth. It's a very poignant story just before Jesus' death to show how Jesus has power even over death. Uh, and remind us of that before he dies. But Luke, as Jesus is preparing, as he is coming near to Jerusalem, prefers this account, the account of the lepers. This is far dearer to Luke, you might say, in some ways. He's also going to go on to talk about Zacchaeus. That comes shortly before Jesus enters Jerusalem for the last time as well. And the two accounts are actually not that different. And Zacchaeus also was a man who was outside, cast out, cut off 
from the people and who is again brought near through Jesus. Jesus again is reaching out to those who uh, the Jews would have considered outside of the fellowship and bringing them back in. And so there are um, some definite similarities, but Luke prefers uh, these. And these also are, are powerful demonstrations of what Jesus came to do and what he's about to do in Jerusalem, how he's going to die for our sins in order to bring us near to Jesus. Verse 12, then as he entered a certain village, there met him 10 men who were lepers who stood afar off. Jesus's response later, except this foreigner, talking about the one that came back, implies that there were Jews among the lepers. Luke doesn't tell us exactly the makeup, five Jews, five Samaritans or whatever, but it, it does seem to imply that there were at least one or some Jews there and there was at least one foreigner who was not a Jew. And so in this group of 10, we have something that is very rare, a multinational mix that includes Jews. Jews, of course, usually kept to themselves. They didn't mix with Gentiles and especially not with Samaritans. But here we have Jews who were lepers and they had no choice but to seek out other lepers. They were ceremony unclean. They themselves were cast out. These were men who had been brought low by this affliction, who had been humbled by their affliction and by their obvious uncleanness. And it reminds us of Galatians 3.22. The scripture has confined all under sin that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. So scripture makes it clear that we are not better, the Jews are not better, one race or one group of people is not better than any else. Even we as believers are not better than other people. We are all sinners. We're all in the same condition. And that's very poignant in this account where these, these Jews are out mixing with foreign because in their disease, it has been made clear to them that they are not better uh, than, than these other people. Um, God would have us humble ourselves and recognize that truth without a, a disease like leprosy coming upon us and that we are all sinners. Verse 13, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. These people could not hide their blemish. It was on their skin for all to see. There was no denying their uncleanness. And so, again, in their obvious uncleanness, they call out to Jesus for mercy. Paul reminds us uh, that sin is like leprosy. For some, the, the sin of some is obvious and they cannot hide it. For others, their sin is hidden and no one knows. He, he talks about this in 1 Timothy 5, 24 and 25. Some men's sins are clearly evident, preceding them to judgment, but those of some men follow later. Likewise, the good works of some are clearly evident, and those that are otherwise cannot be hidden. We have a tendency to judge, criticize, and gossip about others whose, whose sin is obvious, whose, whose sin is kind of on the surface there, forgetting that we're not really any better. Uh, it's maybe just our sin is maybe not as obvious. Our sin is more hidden, but it doesn't make us better people. Uh, so some people, their sin is very obvious. It's on the surface there. They can't hide it from other people. And so they're, they're cast out. They're ostracized just as these, these lepers were. But others, well, our sin is hidden in our heart, and that has a tendency to 
make us think we're better when we're not really. Uh, often it's those whose, whose sin is hidden who are the loudest and quickest to condemn and point out the obvious sin of others, maybe just to distract people from knowing about their hidden sin. But we are all confined under that judgment of God. We are all sinners. And so instead of shunning others, we really ought to, like these men, turn to Jesus in repentance. This is an important theological theme of Luke's gospel, what is often called the great reversal. The John the Baptist came, uh, of course, proclaiming, uh, prepare the way of the Lord. He's going to bring every mountain low and lift up every hill. And you see that in this account as well. The, the Jews who thought themselves better than the Samaritans are brought low, in their leprosy, they're brought low. They brought, they're brought down to the same level as the Samaritans and the Gentiles. And yet now in Jesus, those who were brought low, who were humbled by their disease, their leprosy, and their sin, their uncleanness, are now lifted up by Jesus as he cleansed and heals them. And so also we who are sinners are lifted up through Jesus. And we ought to turn to Jesus in repentance, crying for his mercy instead of judging one another. Verse 14, so when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, uh, they were cleansed. Once again, we see the theological importance of leprosy in Israel. It is to the temple and the priests that Jesus sends them, not to a doctor or to a magistrate. This, of course, was in keeping with the law of Moses. In Israel, having leprosy was as much, if not more so, a religious problem than it was a medical problem. You were cast out unclean, and it was only through sacrifice and through the temple that you could ceremonially be made clean and brought back into fellowship. So Jesus sends them to the temple in order to, re in order to be removed in order for that stigma and that status of uncleanness to be removed so that they can be received back into fellowship once again. However, he who healed them of their disease, could he not also have himself remove that unclean status? And the answer is, of course, yes, he could have. And there is one of the 10 who seems to recognize this. And we're going to come to that in a bit as we look at the next verse. First, however, we also have to recognize the faith involved in what happens here. Jesus said to them, go show yourself to the priest. And at that command, they are not yet cleansed. Nevertheless, they do go. And so there is some level of faith in Jesus's words in all of them that before they are cleansed of their leprosy, they nevertheless go to the priest trusting Jesus's word that they will be cleansed. And indeed, they are cleansed on their way. And Jesus makes a point of that to the the leper who comes back, he says, your faith has made you well. It is Jesus's power that cleanses them. It is always Jesus's power and the power working through Jesus's word that accomplishes not only miracles like this, but miracles like forgiving us of our sins. However, that result often comes to us through faith. And Noah is such a great example of this, of a proper understanding of this, that God saved Noah but he saved him through the building of the ark. So if Noah had rejected God's word and rejected God's promise and refused to build the ark, 
He would not have been saved. I don't know what God would have done. But the point is, he would not have been saved because it was through that ark that God saved him. And so faith that believes God's promise, takes God at his word, and trusts in that promise, receives the benefit of it, even though it is accomplished by God's power and by God's word. And so that's what we have here as well. It is God's power and God's word which cleanses them, but their faith in going to the priest, as God commands, is the way in which uh, they, they receive the benefits of that power. Uh, that's what God uses in this example, just as he uses the water of baptism, the means by which his power comes to us, just as he uses his word. Verses 15 to 19. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his, on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were, not, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. I'm not sure, and Luke doesn't specify if this former leper realized it or not, but whether he realized it or not, by returning to Jesus, he was indicating a very important and significant theological truth, namely that the temple was no longer necessary, that Jesus was now the temple of God. And of course, Jesus himself makes that point to the Jews, destroy this temple, and he was speaking of his body, and I will build it again in three days. Jesus is now the place where God dwells and where God comes to men. In the Old Testament, that place was the temple. It was the symbolic dwelling place of God. But now that Jesus himself has come, that temple is no longer necessary. Jesus, Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And now Jesus, not the temple, is the place to go to be cleansed and made pure before God. The other nine are eager to fulfill the cleansing ritual and don't stop to consider this very important truth that the one who healed them, if he has the power to heal them of leprosy, then he also has the power to cleanse them from the stigma and the status of leprosy, but one returns to Jesus. And notice that Jesus does not afterwards direct him back to the temple. After the one returns to him, Jesus says, arise, go your way. Your faith has, has made you well. So there's no longer any need for this one who returns to Jesus to go to the priest and the temple. He has been cleansed by Christ, uh, the new temple, and, and doesn't need to go to the old temple anymore. So there is one who recognizes this, uh, and, and nine, of course, that do not. Now, Jesus's words here also remind us that we ought to return to to God to give glory and give thanks for his earthly blessings, in this case, the, the healing of leprosy, but there is more going on here than that. All were healed, but only one understood or possibly understood the greater significance. In the same way, Jesus, of course, died for all and cleanses all from sin through his death and resurrection. The whole world, universal justification, God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. So Jesus has cleansed all through his death, and yet, just as only one of ten returned, so also it is only a remnant which, having been cleansed by Jesus, returned to worship him as their Savior and recognize uh, the cleansing that we receive through him. We ought to always remember to give thanks to God for his daily gifts, but the true significance of this count is like that 
is that like that one who returned to Jesus, we also ought to return to Jesus as our temple from whom we receive the cleansing of our sins. Lord's blessings on your Sunday school lesson. As always, let me know if you have any questions.